Hey community of awesome what's up this is your boy Sagar Malkar today we are very happy because we are introducing a new segment to this channel the segment is called the film congress now what is the film congress i have already talked uh, spoken about the same in an introduction video right up here you can go check that out but i'll give you a brief about it so the film congress is a conversation with filmmakers about different aspects of filmmaking and you know with different questions about filmmaking filmmakers will answer it and tell you and give you the uh, tricks and tips on different parts of filmmaking so today we have a very important uh, guest from the industry okay he is a veteran screenwriter if you are planning to become a screenplay writer then this man is working for you to get you fair wages to get you the right job and to get you the due credit his films some of it you may ask is 1994's drokal 1998's kulam 2002's The Legend of Bhagat Singh and my favorite 2010's Rajneeti. Please give it up for the veteran screenwriter of the industry, one of the finest ta talent the industry has, Mr. Anjum Rajabali. First of all, thank you for being here, sir. It's a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I have to say that your introduction, I mean, heartwarming as it was, it's not entirely accurate. I'm it is, sir. It is. Talent. As and, a uh, fan of all your films, I must say it is amazing. Your work is just commendable, and your work in the field of screenwriting is also commendable. Okay. That we might talk about because right, yes, right. I do make. Yeah, we uh, an, we an will talk about that. So the topic for today's uh, se segment is the influence of mythology on Indian cinema. You know how the epics, uh, how the characters from the epics have influenced our cinema, but. We'll get there in some time. I would ask Anjum sir, sir, tell me your journey. You know, also in that, please include how your childhood was. You know, what books you were reading then, because I believe that you should read a lot to write well, right? So tell us how your childhood was, what you read, and I know for a matter of fact that because of a dog, you became a screenwriter. So please tell us that story, how you got into the yeah. industry, how such a successful person just got into the industry by accident and mm. by a friend's recommendation. Mm. You know, accident is absolutely correct. Yeah. I didn't have any extraordinary uh, childhood or anything. Um, I come from a village right? and my father was a farmer. Would you like to tell which village? Or yes, you know? this is a village called, uh, in Gujarati we call it Talaja. It okay. is from the Kathiawad uh, part of the state awesome. of Gujarat. It is about 50 kilometers from Bhavnagar, Got which it. is a decently ah, yeah. known yeah, uh, Bhavnagar town. Yeah, Bhavnagar. So that's where uh, we used to also, while well, I did my schooling in Bombay and then in Belgaum, but for every vacation, twice a year, we would go and spend a substantial amount of time. Right. And uh, there was this neighbor right. lady who, I don't know her name. We never knew her name as kids. But she used to come every evening to visit my grandmother and have a grandmother and have a yeah. chat with her, and she would, without fail, n uh, sort of narrate one story to right. us, usually a folk tale. Right. The lady we only knew as Master Ki Ma because she was the, the her son was a teacher. Teacher, right. I don't know her name, but I'm very grateful to her right. because maybe that is where the seed really dropped right. of how riveting a narrative can be. I mean, she was half bent. Right. She was pretty old. And yet, the way she told the story and the kind of stories that she told, it was, I mean, it was very gripping. And I still remember most of them. So it started with that. I was 
fortunately had uh, aunts who were uh, literate they were um, you know masters in literature so there were a lot of books right. there we people used to read our uh, elders used to read so i got introduced to things like shakespeare etc right. rather early on yeah and my grandmother used to narrate the story of some segments of the mahabharat some segments of the ramayana she was a great uh, fan of krishna so she would speak Good. about krishna a lot and somewhere that introduction also took place grew up reading a lot and uh, i had no intention of becoming a writer or anything or anything creative at all i mean that that wasn't my inclination and i never even considered it right. you were studying something in science i guess yeah earlier yeah my aim was to become a doctor but that right. was primarily because my father had said that oh, it's a wonderful profession yeah, not that he forced me at all but right. he certainly had pointed out some uh, doctors yeah. in the hospital influence in the subconscious so that it's a very reputed so job it's yeah. a not a job right. he said it's a very good thing Profession, to do right. I mean, a noble work look, to yeah do. exactly all of that so he admired doctors so somewhere i think i also wanted my father's approval so that sort of right, got into right. me that didn't work out <laughs> because much as i tried for medicine but that didn't work out right. then i stumbled on to psychoanalysis right which is the freudian Uh, school of psychology which i was extremely impressed by i was very fascinated with it and i think till date if i were to speak frankly it still remains my first love in that sense as a subject i mean screen writing comes in that <laughs> yeah. sense second <laughs> and uh, there you are even that didn't work out I, i came to bombay actually to train to become a practicing psychoanalyst right. but that didn't work out i mean i right. i couldn't measure up to that and i was blank So I had a decent job I was working in Business India magazine which wow. was a interesting enough job to fill you up my You were working there as a writer? No not no. as a writer. Okay. I was working I was their information research head. Got it. Actually the documentation head. I mean which was I, I, I was I think I was competent at it but this is right. not what was giving me exactly. joy yeah. inside. It wasn't really filling me up. So I, I would try my hand at becoming a book review editor then right. I said I'll become a commissioning editor for the the television channel i started handling some pages but basically just to fill up my day with some interesting tasks i guess that feeling of emptiness was there and then completely completely by accident i stumbled onto screen writing we had this dog right which we didn't a know a boxer dog a boxer yeah. in fact <laughs> didn't know where to keep her during the right. day because both my wife and i were working uh, and uh, long hours outside so right. we bumped into baba azmi and right. his wife tanvia who for the audience baba azmi is a very senior cinematographer of the industry so mm. he was your neighbor and you yeah know. also known as kafi azmi's right. son and yeah. shabana's brother right. yeah lovely individual right. absolutely and through that dog because they agreed to keep the dog during the day we would keep the dog at night right. so we were meeting every day right became good friends family friends thick friendship earned me a friendship for life he wanted to become a director right so because he and i would often discuss cinema right. and you know this film and you know everybody right. is a critic so even i had things to exactly. say oh, this didn't work that didn't work right. it's all very easy to say that right. you know we are all experts right but he began to insist he says since you do your mind seems to be inclined towards stories why don't you write me a screenplay I said you're out of your mind because I have no clue. I hadn't heard the word screenplay until right. then. So I had no idea what a screenplay looks like, how to write. In those days, Sagar, there weren't books or 
internet wasn't there i mean there is none of these sources through which you could learn find out that. you know nothing was there so i kept resisting saying that i am the wrong choice uh, for you nonetheless uh, he kept insisting and baba sahab can be rather pushy when he when he puts his mind to right. it he can really horsewhip you you know with his insistence so one day i decided to give it a shot and i still remember the day it was i think 9th of february wow. 1992 wow. <laughs> so i sat down on a sunday evening and i thought let me write what do i write how do i write so let me write what i would like to see so things which i enjoy so dramatic and something which is intense something which is internal something which has a, a certain undercurrent of pain and you know generally these deeper uh, hmm. experiences of life and i wrote out a sequence uh, which was not what was going on in the industry no 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 right i mean i didn't even know what was going on in the film okay. industry i just sat down and i wrote were you then exposed to the western cinema yeah yeah by then when you want to see no right, when i had right. seen i mean that way there were movies which came out on uh, in the cinema halls and then at some stage i acquired i had acquired a dvd player i right. remember in 87 so yeah Right. a couple of times a week three times a week or so i would definitely watch a movie and a lot of them would also be uh, western uh, films i mean international films so given this i wrote something the i didn't know how to write so i wrote as i saw it on the screen right. so as it was unfolding so it was as if i was transcribing which is screenplay which this yeah. i discovered <laughs> later is actually the you know screenplay. the simplest way to of, yeah. yeah of because you see things right. you know because it's it's a medium which will play on the screen trying to remain on the page and uh, i narrated it to him i read it out to him and he liked it very much and that reaction did uh, make me sit up and wonder that should i, I enjoyed this? writing it and he's saying that he likes it it is good said it to him i read it out to him and he liked it very much and that reaction did uh, make me sit up and wonder that Should I, I enjoyed this? writing it and he's saying that he likes it it is good so and i respect his opinion because he is an experienced person yeah. and as a result of which i thought let me give it a shot right so that's how it began as a hobby Got turned it. it into a serious hobby yeah but i had my job which i held Got on it. to and then a series of lucky serendipitous accidents took place further i bumped into govind nihalani we got talking we realized that at that moment we were talking about similar themes you know about morality right. and uh, you know betrayal and self betrayal and you know redemption and you know these kind of issues which we began talking about went a little bit into mythology came back so he asked me to read what he had written and asked and he felt that he was not moving like he should so whether i would rewrite it for him so i agreed to take on that thing so that became my first professional assignment and uh, then i guess he he's a respected person so i think he mentioned my name to rajkumar santoshi right rajkumar santoshi and i think amir sorry right baba's friend was amir okay so baba mentioned to amir gare do you know what i mean anjum is also begun to write and you know must have praised me right so and amir and raj met govind nihalani so in the sense those days because there weren't that many writers who were serious about actually writing right right, right. and so amir sir is one of the few writer uh, actors who identifies good writing you know yeah he is from that he, time he is known to pay yeah. close attention to good scripts writers, and, yeah. yeah yeah that's true so given this i 
got a series of offers. I mean, right. which, which, which just because of the buzz. I mean, right. nobody had seen my work, really speaking. You know, nothing had come out. Nobody asked to read a single script that I may have written, even on spec or anything. And it, it sort of, uh, I got a series of offers. I mean, even Subhash Ghai also heard about me. So he called me and he gave me an assignment, paid me. Okay, it didn't work out. Then uh, so many, Shekhar Kapoor. And I mean, so generally this, it, it was odd because this buzz went around. Then, oh, there's some guy, you know, who really writes and, you know, he speaks about cinema and some, whatever, nothing. I was a complete novice. I mean, it's right. not that I understood writing or I had become a very good writer or right. not at all. Right, right. It's just a hawa And uh, that's how this whole thing began. So for five years of, after I started writing, seriously, I still held on to the job. I didn't give up right. the job. You know. Which I'd like to focus on right now oh. because I'll tell you, so we also have an entrepreneurship podcast, right? And where we often talk about how oh. you should take calculated risks and not just, you know, jump into something, right? So he kept his job and still tried following his passion and now today he's one of the greatest writers, at least I know. Will you stop <laughs> using the word greatest he and is, talented he is. and stuff? I'm not. You know, I, I am I'm a quite good judge yeah. of scripts by now because I've had 27 years in But the I think I you're biased towards your work. It, it's great. Okay, you entitle your opinion, there's freedom of expression, okay. but I have to tell you that I do not agree with that. Seriously. So, yeah. So also, uh, your answer brings mm. me to my next question. Mm. You said that, you know, that time you wrote the screenplay the way it, you saw it, yes. you know, in front of your eyes, which now is known popularly known as screenplay. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'd also like to tell audience that he was the first person who brought formal education in screenplay. He still heads the screenwriting department in Whistling Woods International and he is the honorary head of screenplay writing. Was, was, was. Oh, you were in... No, no, I was. I mean, oh. I was there for 12 years right. and then in 2016, I formally resigned from that position right. as honorary But head. you were the one who started it there, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Yes, so he introduced right. formal education in screenplay writing. So if you are a screenplay, he is already working for you out there to get you your due credit. Also, he uh, made sure that you are getting a formal education. Right. So, <laughs> right. Mm. So, uh, sir, in this screenplay, right, mm. uh, I remember Saurabh Shukla, you know, mm. uh, one director was mentioning that Saurabh Shukla, sir, took one film to the Bachchan, uh, Amitabh Bachchan, sir, mm. right? It, it has such gravitas, no? you can't even <laughs> take the name, right? But, uh, so, it... Uh, I'm sure it is seeing this. Right. So, I wish. Mm. If you are seeing it, sir, we'd like to have you on a podcast end. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, Saurabh Shukla, sir, took it to Amitabh, sir. Right, and uh, he told that I'm very happy to see, Amitabh sir said, I'm very happy to see a script. Mm. Because in today's age, not many directors or writers bring a script to me. They just bring a DVD, uh, DVD to me mm. from the West mm. and say, we have to make it in Hindi. Or they bring two DVDs and say, mm. we have to make the first half from this and the mm. second half from this. Mm. So, I would like to ask you, how was the screenplay culture? Mm. How it is? And how do you see the future of screenplay in India? Mm. I'm glad you asked this question because right. I think people should know that I think the field of screenwriting has taken great strides forward. <clears throat> As I told you that in uh, 2000 and I mean I'm sorry 1992 when I actually took up writing there weren't many writers who were exclusively doing screenwriting. Right. 
Also, I was told, I mean, I, I, I didn't go do a survey or anything, but I remember Mahesh Bhatt telling me when he met me for the first time, he said, I believe you actually write. So I said, but I am doing screenwriting and obviously I will write. He said, no, I mean really write. So I said, yeah, I write. I mean, I write on things. <laughs> I said, why do you ask? I mean, wh why are you so amazed with yeah. that uh, fact? He said, because not many people write. write. They're writers, but they don't write. I mean, they discuss. Somebody makes some notes, ideas are thrown about, right. and based on that, dialogue is written and scenes are constructed. Nobody writes. Right. A so, complete in that screenplay. sense, in yeah. that time, the films were made on the sets rather than on paper first? They were made with ideas, at, at yeah. best it went to one stories. Liners, yeah. yeah, like one liner, story, etc. Yeah. etc. Et that was their style, so be that as it may. Right. But it led to a lot of uncontrolled um, sort of experiences, filmmaking, you know, was. I have also been sometimes called in to write a movie which, had, which they had begun shooting. Wow. And then they said, you know, we, the, this scene we knew would be there, but now you have to write the whole screenplay. You know, they had a story idea in mind. So they shot the film? Yeah, and then not told shot the whole okay. film. They had started shooting. Some parts. Yeah, some and parts. then told you to write accordingly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you see, and because the person who was heading it was somebody who was known to me, which I won't name, but I, I gave it a shot. Fortunately for me and for them, the film closed because the lead pair, who were supposed to be uh, having in a relationship, they broke up. So the film got shelved. No, it was mad those days, you know. Today you find that people are much more professional. <laughs> they are. And even ex-lovers and others, right. I mean, they are they work together. working. Exactly. And which is how it should be. I mean, there's a different persona, you know, right. in your personal Films are life, a different life different altogether. Profession is different. But earlier it wasn't like that. It was right. it was crazy. I mean, exactly. it's been an insane film industry. I'm telling you. So yeah, it has been earlier. Not many people wrote complete scripts, which is why this bound script. I mean, bound, bound, bound. What is a bound script? A script is a script. You see, you don't have to bind it each time. What they meant by bound is that it's complete. Right. Then the culture, of course, did begin, and now today there's been a sea change in that respect. Huge change. There hasn't been a continuous process though, you know. There was the golden era of Salim Javed, but again then it's not like the culture developed. But now it is much solid. What yes, you now yeah. it's absolutely the norm. Yeah, you Not have only is it that no film goes onto the floor unless the script is made. No actor, from what I can see, uh, agrees uh, to, a to film do a film until, until, until there is a full a script. Complete yeah. script. Complete script yeah. that he does have. Likewise, the producers, financiers, etc., right. marketing, and all those people. But I'm saying it's also that even without having an assignment, there are so many people today who are writing, and actually the saving grace, I suspect, is coming from there. Spec writing. When an individual who wants to be a screenwriter gets into the identity of a writer and says, regardless of whether I have an assignment, regardless of when I will have an assignment, I want to write, I have ideas, I have a story in my mind, I want to write a screenplay for that. He sits, he carves out time and he writes it. Like I told you, I had a full-time job, yet I was writing it. Nobody could stop me from writing it. Right. Wake up early, write, write in the evenings, write on Saturdays, Sundays, holidays. I mean, use your time to write. That is happening in a very, very big measure today. And that is the actually the not just the hope, but the expectation which I have that you are going to find really uh, almost like a mutative change over the next three to five years in the quality, average quality of scripts. scripts we yeah. get and we can already see it, the yeah, type of cinema that's coming now, you couldn't just uh, imagine that cinema like this can ever yes. come to India.
and this is not and from the, india this is just the, the beginning yeah. i feel the of, of the very iceberg. exciting yeah. storytelling that we are about to witness over the next few I'm years i'm sure i'm sure cinema, you know. so now in this podcast i'd like to take back to the question mm -hmm. you know uh, the influence of mythology on cinema mm -hmm. but before we get there i want to ask you what is according to you the purpose of mythology in the society in our life in the society in our lives there is a interesting analogy which one mythological writer i heard him say is that mythology t the, like we science tells us how life happened right how it happened but mythology tells us why it happened but which is also a very spiritual side of it but mm. i like to ask you you have written about mythology you take great inspiration from the epics and which i believe every writer does mm. what is the purpose of mythology according to you see purpose i mean myths are not written with a conscious purpose right. in mind they begin to acquire uh, a certain they begin to acquire a certain position in the way in which we receive life let me let me try and explain right. <laughs> see myths begin like stories i mean it could be taken from real life there could have been an incident actually which took place i mean maybe the mahabharat also began right. because i think there was i, was, I mean I, i hear there was a great war which took place you know as a result of which uh, it grew now in narrating that account it begins to acquire a certain meaningfulness by people getting into the reasoning the motivation of why the war could have taken place going deeper into the characters internal dilemmas thinking in anxieties if you're taking a character like duryodhan then his envy his his anger his hatred now suddenly you begin to discover that for a person to be so motivated so as to risk a war across the subcontinent because he refuses to let go of what he believes his position is how intense and how deep and how strong must that attachment be to those feelings where you will you don't mind hundreds of thousands of people being killed but you will not let go of that feeling that position and this makes you realize as the myth progresses because the myth is not written by one person really speaking right it is told and retold and retold and retold over centuries if you look at certain archaeological references in these two epics you can even date them i believe to like 3500 right, right. bc or so yeah yeah absolutely so obviously if you realize that the this story began there and it began to acquire okay a lot of depth and a lot of dimensions and layers as it proceeds and is told and retold you begin to see that the every time it was retold in a significant way certain insights about the human personality about the human condition began to emerge that means the story went deeper and deeper and deeper and it is this which actually gives us an insight right. this is what makes us somewhere experientially dramatically aware in that sense right. of ourselves become aware of humanity and we begin to see the correlation between the magnitude of the actions which happens in myth to the depth and intensity of the feelings which are motivating which are giving rise to those actions etc and this makes you understand how strong this must be so in that sense to put it very simply sagar i would say 
myths are an external dramatic depiction of the inner world, inner turmoil of the human condition right. in that sense. So those are the insights which it gives you. Now why yes. are these, why are myths even today, if a child hears the story of the Mahabharata, he doesn't feel that, oh, it's dated right. and who is interested in Raja Maharaja and Rath Pe Ja Raha Hai, Teer Veer Chala Raha Hai, you know, Talwar Se Lada Raha Hai. Kaun karta hai These hmm. issues are not there today. Right. Yet the child is able to relate to it exactly. because she somewhere it appeals at a he deeper level. He can see it level. in front of him happening. See it, also feel, feel it, it, deeply yeah. feel it unconsciously Please, is what yeah. I'm saying. Right. Stories are not always received, uh, you know, right. in your head. God. They're received either in your they heart or they're yeah. received actually by your spirit. Right. And that validity of the myth, which because it, it actually speaks about the deeper aspects of human nature, which have not changed over time, right. over centuries. Hence, today, the depth to which maybe Karn may be feeling his pain, giving rise to anger, making him make choices which actually are self-destructive choices, unable to help it. All those things somewhere deep down in our hearts, in our minds, we experience right. that. So that it, there's a continuing relevance, almost eternally, of these myths, precisely because it comes from such a deep level. Amazing, that amazing. Way. Yeah, I truly believe that the mythological books or the epics mm. are just to make you self-aware and make you aware of what the time is. You know, uh, people say, popularly say, history repeats itself. And you yeah, can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to interrupt you, please. Right. Is also that myths can be seen at, in different ways. Right. There are people who ascribe to it a certain divine right. Uh, right. <coughs> layer. Right. The avatars are there. Ram is uh, an incarnation of right. God. Right. So is Krishna and we have to worship them. Right. Some people look at it as an idealist, right. ideal sort of uh, you know character, ideal roles. And therefore something which can inspire us. It can be looked at in that yeah. way also, as in a religious way. Right. In some people use it actually to understand the culture right. of of those times. And all. fair enough, absolutely, right. it can be used. I am a storyteller. I exactly. Mean, I, so yeah. I look at it in terms as of characters story. and their dilemmas and their attempts and huh. all the struggles and challenges that Ram went through because he wanted to stick to right. certain principles, certain values that he had set for himself. Right. That is what defined him. And it also shows how difficult, how enormously near impossible the task is of merely sticking to your own principles. <laughs> so it goes to show how even living life as a good person is not an easy task at all. Right. It's, it's a task which is fit for the gods. Right. That's how difficult it is. So somewhere my whole uh, you know, interest, fascination and a little bit of understanding comes from that perspective. Right, yeah. Okay, which may be different from right. how somebody else might be looking at it. A philosopher might be looking at it differently. Right. Exactly. And which also brings me to my next question, which is very connected to what you said, is that how do how does one read mythology? Like you said, right? There is a sect of people who see it in a very religious way. Yeah. They see Ram as the god and Krishna as gods, mm. right? Which is completely fine. But when you read it, you know, the line between good and bad, right? Because you have to have a war, thousands will be killed. So the line between good and bad, though the sides fighting are good and bad, mm. but still there is death involved, right? So the line between good and bad in this characters get blood. Mm. And you know, you 
get to find the different layers of humanity and of a person so how does one read it you know how does one read it uh, definitely i know uh, that one should read it as a story mm. but what sh- what should be the conscious effort while reading it sagar i'm afraid uh, according to me there should not be a conscious effort right okay the story by itself like every story i mean whether it's a classic film or whether it's a novel or a short story or a play or a, a, a mythology or myth you don't approach it with a certain mindset nor actually with a certain expectation barring a simple one that you expect to be engaged right correct now this engagement which comes every good well told story has to make sure that you are gripped enough by it as to want to know what happens next what happens next etc such that if the story somebody took it away from you midway if the book was snatched away you would feel very frustrated right. because you're so involved in it. so that sense of involvement that sense of engagement is required pulp keeps you involved for the duration of the story that you're reading or the film that you're watching and after that it doesn't stay with you right. classics stay with you you tend to revisit them because they come from a certain deep position they have a very close observation of of human behavior human nature which you tend to revisit and discover new things every time you read it myths go the deepest so myth when you are reading the point here is that to not see it with a certain prejudice right. that oh this is either a religious uh, text exactly or this is about old things which are taking place which is not really relevant today got it the point is to not even see it in a childish way that oh these are all meant for kids you know all these big big demons <laughs> etc because mythology has the ability to appeal to a child, child as well as a 2 year old child and i say this from experience when my child was actually 2 to 2 and 1/2 years old i used to start i started speaking with him and telling him the story in the simplest of ways where his question used to be oh is that person good or is that person bad right. so he was looking at it in binaries fair enough and i had to introduce him to the idea that sometimes there are good Grace, people yeah. who also do bad things, bad things right. that is perhaps the gray that you're referring to right. and there are sometimes bad people who Ooh. also show it in binaries fair enough and i had to introduce him to the idea that sometimes there are good Grace, people yeah. who also do bad things, bad things right. that is perhaps the gray that you're referring to right and there are sometimes bad people who also show some valorous right. sort of you know right. actions and choices right. so that gradually now it appeals to a kid also and it appeals mm. to the highest intellectually Person, yeah. qualified scholar who also will be able to read right. into mythology something which fulfills his requirement intellect yeah what we tend to do is because we have seen the amar chitra katha we have seen the tv on tv adaptions mahabharat yeah. and mm-hmm. ramayan playing on and they deliberately kept simplistic and right. not very deep not very yeah. complex quite shallow in fact you know so we tend to dismiss it ke wo bachchon wali baat hai purani baat hai etc so i would not say that you like you said that you know how should you read it that means be prepared to see something i'd say in fact actually try not to do certain thing try not to be dismissive try right. not to be prejudiced expect that something very deep right it's a very wise look yeah at the human condition so it's that what happens is that we begin to when we look at the whole spectrum of characters say in the mahabharat right you will find the resonance with each one of them right because what myth does is that it explores the point of view exactly. point, points of view of characters that you may disagree with 
you look at take the case of ravan right okay, but you ravan, will resemble it with him on you some will point all, exactly yeah. with ravan also that you will find that ravan is somebody who became very obsessed with sita right. was perhaps lustful also at the same time there seemed to be the sense of honor where he would not lay a finger on her until she asked him to unleash, right. until she wanted him and that was mm. the burden of his song that why don't you want me i mean right. i will do everything for you but even in ravan who had done something which is very questionable and which had to be fought and destroyed that he took away somebody's wife the fact is that there was a greatness to ravan you look at the way in which he ruled uh, lanka right. it was sone ki lanka yeah. people were prosperous there was a certain abundance there people there was a lot of love which took place there there seemed to be it seemed to be a thriving vibrant society lot of vitality in that man which is also there and at the same time this was also yeah. there that he did something which was which for which he had to be killed, killed right. because he would not give up this complexity so you disagree with the fact that he picked up somebody's wife and took her away and kept her captive for you know right. so many months but at the same time you're able to see his point of view i'm not saying you agree with it Duryodhan's point of view, Karn's point of view, Dhritarashtra's point of view, Bhishma's point of view—they all get into very questionable actions. But the point is that their perspective is available to you, and in that sense, myth, with the breadth of its narrative uh, wisdom, okay, becomes an enriching experience. Okay? Right. So I, to strongly <laughs> recommend that One mythology should, should be a prescribed module. Yeah. in every school right, in right. every college it gives you a certain sense of who you are and of this culture and of our narrative traditions and of the psyche which is of, which, yeah. which which has a lot of indianness to it it gives it to you that one shot Yeah. A foreigner comes to India and says, "I want to know about Indian culture." Firstly, there's no such thing as Indian culture. culture. <laughs> We have a, a multitude of cultures. Right. But yeah, if you want to see something, if you want to be aware of something which binds us together, right. I would say read, read mythology, yeah. read Indian these epics. two epics, yeah. and listen to our right. classical music. That's why Myth they are and music. These are the two things right. which bind us. together that is why they are indeed called the epics but now i'd like you yeah. to bring you know towards cinema because you are mm. a guy who is completely uh, you know uh, aware of mythologies uh, like you have studied mythology uh, in some or the other aspect and you are also into the films so i'd li- now like to you know like you to merge them and tell us how you can in modern cinema as well as you know in cinema in indian cinema or in western cinema see characteristics in characters from the mythology i'd recommend the audience to watch rajneeti okay it's a film and you can legit see uh, the two epics combining and playing on the screen if you watch it and you know uh, so in that case please you know take any film of the time and tell us you know how you can see the resemblance of the mythological films See first and foremost, <laughs> you seem to have the habit of describing me in some rather <laughs> superlative terms that I am completely aware of mythology. No, I don't well, think anyone can be, and I am just a student of. You mythology. are one of the like who are studying. I I yes, am comparing Sagar, you to an ordinary yeah, man. Sagar, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm I'm saying that yeah. yes, I am. If you want to yeah. characterize me, right. then you would say I'm a lover of 
right yeah. so he's a yeah. lover of mythology yeah say that if you want and i am a student of mythology right. i am really fascinated right. i am very interested right. i find it hugely hugely engaging okay right right I find it very beautiful but the fact is that i'm not a scholar right of that. 100% I mean, there, i'm sure there yeah. are mythologists there are scholars i think maybe dr devdak but but yeah, yeah. there he's a scholar that uh, devdak sir is the one who told uh, mythology is uh, mythology tells us why life happens to us instead of yeah devdak has a particular view right. which, which i respect etc <laughs> which may be the, the whole, whole angle and the perspective may be different from Correct. the way in which i look definitely, at it which definitely. is fair enough right. it also goes to show that one can look at look it. at mythology yeah, yeah, from yeah, different spectrums one right. can and in, in whichever way you look at it you will discover a treasure yeah. you will discover gold right okay right. so that way so your question was yes about uh, the, uh, the film world and yeah. yeah that you find in see it it is true that regardless of whether the writer director filmmaker is familiar with, with the actual text yeah. of our two epics or not there are certain archetypes which you find which are deeply embedded in mythology because they are also deeply embedded in, in human, human beings right and since mythology looks at human beings depths of yeah. human beings which is why they find their thing right and good storytellers are also drawing from life right. they're drawing from themselves they're drawing from certain central right. questions and human beings which keep yeah. recurring yeah. you know in life and with, with 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 in relationships and with human beings as a result of which both seem to draw from the same right. source difference being that mythology remains at that level where it allows the depth to be reflected and projected in the form of the actions of the characters whereby if you look at the actions of the characters whether symbolically or literally you are able to get a sense of what right. is going on deep inside of them right mm-hmm. what sort of a person right. this fellow is in films you will find certain uh, of some of these archetypal situations recurring let me take a couple of them yeah see the whole war of the mahabharat was because of a conflict right now that conflict if you look at it on the surface in material term it was about the kingdom right that duryodhan was supposed to have they were supposed to get back the kingdom duryodhan refused to give it and as a result of which it was the war had to take place but if you really look at it in a slightly abstract term what is it that krishna tells uh, arjun when arjun says that i do not want to fight that when he sees Right. his grandfather his teacher mm. his uncle his other cousins etc right. he says no i i i'm sorry i don't want to kill them right so to help with the land to help with the kingdom i don't want that right and krishna is the one which is why bhagavad gita becomes so central so important gives him a perspective mm. gives him perspective at both levels number one he says what is the conflict about right the conflict is not about land conflict is not about the kingdom it's not even about your rights okay important as they may be really speaking the conflict is about an ideology it is that those people there led by duryodhan stand for adharma your side stands for dharma, dharma right what this is not religion right so the right anti religion yeah. it's not even about right or wrong oh, okay it's about a certain world order a certain God. way of life certain ideology, ideology yeah. is about how you order your world what is your world based on right. he says that man broke trust right 
There is a dishonesty about him. Right. It is led. His his actions are led by envy. Are led by uh, anger. Right. Are led by hatred. And as a result of which, he will compromise on all those values. And that person is going to be the king of this society. Do you want a kingdom which is led by a man who you cannot trust, who is dishonest? Right. Okay. Who, who breaks who breaks trust he gives his word and he doesn't keep his word right okay you can't that is that right. what you want hmm. you people represent people who are true to their word etc so there is dharma right that's yeah. the one yeah. ideology so yeah. it is that this is the opposition and right so therefore the fight number one is about this right okay so don't tell me that it's for the land no you're not doing it for the land you're doing it for this so number two who are you you claim that you are at that moment Arjun who is the grandson of Bhishma, who is the student of Drona, who is the nephew of Vidur. No. Here, the identity which you bring. So number two, who are you? You claim that you are at that moment Arjun, who is the grandson of Bhishma, who is mm. the student of Drona, who is the nephew of Vidur. No. Here, the identity which you bring to this war, to this conflict, is not that of your personal relationship. Here, you are a warrior for this cause. So you are a force which is fighting for an ideology called dharma. They are a force fighting for an ideology called adharma. So Bhishma is not your grandfather. Bhishma is the leader, in fact, of the of, of, of a yeah. side which is uh, evil. Right. And it is that force which has to be destroyed. Right. Whoever stands for that, right. at that moment he is not fighting as your grandfather. He is fighting as somebody who leads that, that side, ideology. who actually is supporting that. that and hence it becomes important. Right. So suddenly the whole perspective in his Changes. mind also becomes right. clear. Yeah. I mean, this I am giving you just two right. things yeah. about the large Bhagavad Gita. Right. But it is this, now this if you look at it. In films, that, to, yeah, yeah. that like, the, the fight whole... between maintaining a certain world right. order, mm -hmm. okay, which also became like Vishnu's role, right. Krishna's role, that he has to maintain a certain right. world order, so that right. the people who come in to disturb it has been Much as they might be somebody right. who is, who actually, somebody you, you may be your brother, somebody who you do agree with, you know, sentimentally, I mean, right. emotionally, you do have a relationship course, with. Yeah. And yet what that person is doing, his actions are destroying this. Right. Now, translate this into law, right. say law and order, right. which is why you have films like Ganga Jamna, right. you have films like uh, Divar, you have films right. like Mother India, right. okay, where somebody is actually trying to yeah. break the order law. of the yeah. yeah. Much as you do know that that person believes in justice, right? Yeah. Okay, that this the world has been unjust to his brother. Jamna knows that in Ganga right. Jamna, and yet because his actions, if it is not, if it is not. Controlled or if it is not destroyed, then it is likely to change the whole way in which your society has been ordered, which is based on law. Right. Yeah. And hence that person is shot right. dead. Which then you also take the whole conflict of the way in which Krishna has to behave in the Kurukshetra war. Now this is my this is a different perspective right. that I'm bringing. It may not be what, what others yeah, talk agree about. with. Yeah. That there are rules of the war. Yeah. Right. Krishna realizes that if I were to stick to the rules of the war, we are likely to lose. Right. So that, yeah. that cause would yeah. be defeated, okay? right. in, in which case it would be injustice. So the, they stand for the cause of justice. Right. And hence it becomes essential on the night of the ninth day, he takes Yudhishthir to, uh, I mean, to Bhishma's camp and he asks him, how can you be destroyed, grandfather? And 
Bhishma says, I will not fire against a woman. So he is, installs Shikhandi, hmm. if you remember, who was born a woman. Right. Hmm. And puts Arjun behind. Now this is cheating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually cheating that yeah. he's doing. But Krishna advises that because right. he realizes that that I find is the sophistication of the Krishna character. Right. Where he realizes that I may have to use sometimes dishonesty to defeat dishonesty. So that honesty can prevail right. ironically. And he does that. Even with Drone it is done that if you remember. Ashwatthama mm. is dead and uh, right. Drone is sort of tricked into laying down his arms. Jaidrath is killed like that mm. when the son is right. hidden. Okay. Yeah. So this whole, sometimes this whole conflict between justice and law. Right. Here also it is that it is the case of that right. you want victory because you want justice to right. uh, triumph. The ultimate cause. And yeah. on the other hand, uh, if you follow the rules, you are unlikely, you may not be able Win, to. Yeah. Hence it becomes important right. to do. So these dilemmas you find frequently occurring in so many films. Right. Which is like the basic narrative, you yeah. know, that take, film you Yeah, use. exactly. Yeah. Take the case of the two personas, I mean, the right. Arjun as the warrior for a cause here, and right. Arjun as a, a, a relation of those people, I mean, right. grandfather, grandson, right, student, right. etc. But when you're doing this, right. then you cannot allow this to influence that. You understand? That, that means you're fighting then okay, for that. And when you're in a personal space with your grandfather, you can't think of Right. The, the war there. So it has to be kept separate. separate right. In this identity, this operates. In this identity, that operates. Which is a very deep Jungian construct of archetypes called persona. That how you behave differently in different roles. And this also you realize comes out as one of the recurring dilemmas of Hindi films. Right. Of most films. But Hindi films since we are referring to Hindi films. Right. That if you are a, a, a judge or if you are a cop, and even though the person opposite may right. be your lover, your friend, yeah. your brother, but at that moment you, you are a, to, a yeah. police officer and he is a criminal and you have to stop him. Right. And if need be, shoot him down, right. which they have done. Right. Okay. At the same time, you cannot, I mean, you are not therefore denying the fact that he is your brother and you continue to be grateful for him. To right. him. You will grieve for him like you do. And yet at the same time, there should be no regret while you are fulfilling right. your duty as a police officer. Right. So this... I'm saying this clash of internal identities, this clash of personas, right. is something that mythology repeatedly brings home to you, recurrently, to tell you that it is. It, you have to be aware that s these dilemmas are eternal. They will continue to recur. Happen you will continue to fight against. They, you cannot say, "Okay, it's over. I right. understood that. Now there'll be nothing." Once again, right. the stake might be higher. Because that's how I that might be teaching. And I can say that even though a friend of mine is a student, I will still be a teacher with him. Right. And I will be strict if need be and all that and I will not be partial. Tomorrow morning it might be my son. Right. Tomorrow morning it might be my son who maybe it is his last chance to pass. I don't know. So, mythology reminds us that do not be complacent about you know, assuming that you have actually resolved right. these deeper archetypal right. dilemmas because they continue yeah. to recur. Right. They continue to wreck the, the, the fear and hatred that men have of the feminine. I mean, it, it continues to wreck in, right. in, in, in these... Yeah, throughout their yeah, yeah, you see what happens to Shurpanakha, right. you saw what happened to Draupadi. Okay, humiliated in the worst possible way with every man in that sabha colluding, either actively or passively. Right. They, I mean, the Pandavas also facilitated it, didn't it? I mean, he staked her. He staked her. Okay. Bhishma and all that, you know, they allowed that to happen. I mean, all, all those wise people sitting there. Karn, who we look up to as, you know, being noble person, he encouraged uh, Dushasan to make right. sure it, 
happens and he shot up Vikarn who tried to speak up the, speak the, up the right. Kaurava brother and sent him out. And so all of them, all these men got together and actually degraded a woman. And you also realize the consequence. You did that and the war became inevitable. Right. I mean, you spilt a menstrual blood on, on the, the soil, yeah. Yeah, on, on the earth. And right. the earth took away a sea of blood. Right. Eventually. So these deeper issues which continue to cause upheaval in our lives, they come because of these unresolvable issues, these unresolvable turmoil and dilemmas of the human condition. And that is where mythology becomes so important, so valuable. Right. I'm sorry you asked a small question and no, I no, just no. went on. That is what the whole podcast is about. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so uh, which I think, you know, is all, also the basic narratives of all the films. There is a character who is slight, uh, slightly layered. There are characters, you, in all the good films at least, there are characters, you know, where he has to change his whole point of view uh, at some point of the film and, you know, so be, the narrative in mythologies and in films seem to be similar mm. because they are similar on human levels, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I would also like to ask you, what, like you speak about different characters from mythology and mm. how they are layered and how, you know, there's something or the other to learn from each one of them. Mm. Which one is, which one character from both the epics, whichever you want, is your favorite and you think is amazingly written in the in in the sense of writing as well mm. but uh, personally as well which is your favorite character and why Tough of question. course most characters are uh, most key characters have been right. written very well and etched course, out yeah. you know in very multi-dimensional complex interesting ways and uh, mythology we see cheese and it's like a uh, like a like a pitara of treasure, correct? Right. Of of jewelry, gold, right. ornaments, gems, precious stones, etc. You you shut your eyes, open it, put your hand in, <laughs> okay, and pull shut you, close your fist, pull it out. It will be something <laughs> something or like the other priceless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a whole sea of it available right. there. Uh, I think perhaps my most favorite character it also i mean whoever i'm thinking about becomes my most favorite one but <laughs> right <laughs> i would say number one but i let your sense of writing dominate here and see <laughs> which one is like well like of course it also depends on which no it's see it's yeah. not just how uh, elaborately or how well it has been Rit written, written out or yeah, depicted yeah. there how but what i make right, of right. it how it makes my thoughts about that character Yeah, we'll grow. give a disclaimer, it's your personal favorite yeah, no yeah. issues. <laughs> how, it, how it grows, right. I mean, how, how, so what is it that triggers off right. very interesting thoughts in my mind? Exactly. For Whoever you, it might be someone else, for me, it might be no, someone else. No, no, obviously, 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 yeah, yeah. As, as it has, obviously, to, yeah. it has to be, yeah. Hmm. I think that triggers off right. very interesting thoughts in my mind. Exactly. For Whoever you, it might be someone else. For me, it might be no, someone else. No, no, obviously, 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 yeah, yeah. As, as it has, obviously, to, yeah. it has to be here. Yeah. Hmm. I think Kunti. Wow, yeah. Okay. Kunti is a person who I have become increasingly, I've grown increasingly fascinated uh, with her. Right. Draupadi, of course, of my course. God, superb. Krishna. Right. Because I find Krishna very complex. 
since I am an atheist, okay, that is my mid-podcast uh, disclaimer. So Same I here. don't <laughs> agnostic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I am saying atheist because yeah. I don't believe in the existence <laughs> yeah. of God. Which so you I'm kill one of my questions, but yeah. <laughs> okay, because I do not. Uh, right. I do not sort of see or ascribe a, a religious color right. to right. these epics that right. these are things of worship. Right. I feel that these these are absolutely great stories, the best stories in the right. world. And like all great stories and all great characters, everything can be questioned. Right. So everything exactly. can be inquired into because if there is something great, whether it's a work of art or whether it's a concept, it incites your interest enough to want to explore it further. And that is what mythology does. It invites you each time to go in deeper right. and deeper. That's how I see it. Right. So even in Krishna, right. the, the, the more I've thought about him, the so deeper the Krishna I is gone. your favorite character. No, I started with Kunti. Kunti, yeah, yeah, but you named three. Yeah, so <laughs> I named three. Now, what can I say? You know, and if so you let's make it top three. Top three favorite characters. No, Kunti. then we, we haven't even gone to the Ramayana. I'm sorry, this is a wrong question to ask me about one character. Because I started naming like seven or eight. Okay. You know who else I find extremely interesting? Ram. Of course. Okay, now it sometimes becomes a little... Cliche, difficult yeah. to no 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 in fact anti cliche oh. because it becomes difficult to speak or refer to Ram in public because it's become <laughs> such a sensitive exactly. issue and they've yeah. turned it into an explosive issue like no matter if I speak fondly of him right. it becomes controversial if right. I not just me because of I, that I have a profile or anything right. but anyone in public definitely okay. yeah. and yet I find something very very interesting and very that the internal sort of conflict, conflict yeah. and challenge and turmoil and pain right. actually that he continuously faced is what I find quite right. fascinating. Sarah. And the decision that he makes throughout, you know, are very interesting. Yeah, the choices yeah. that he also sometimes is forced to make, right. you know, all that put together reveals a character who is who has a battle going on inside. And that is what makes for great characters, you know, characters right. who are struggling. Okay, who not complacent that oh, I know everything and you know? right. I know. Because even if you take the whole divine thing of the Vishnu avatar, right. the point is he is living life as a human being. I mean, he's exactly. born biologically to a mother from exactly. a mother's womb. He he is flesh and blood. Right. You hurt him. I mean, it feels it, pain. Yeah, yeah. And so and you 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 disappoint him. He will feel hurt. Exactly. So all that is there. So he's living life as a human right. being with human experiences right. and hence I'm saying this this kind of inner questioning right. that he does and all I find that quite extraordinary actually right. adorable absolutely so let's get Kunti now right yeah. you talked about Ram and I'd like you to also elaborate on Kunti hmm. because which it is not a popular choice but like what about Kunti, Kunti. intrigues you and yeah, you know I'll, makes I'll, you I'll tell you yeah. I'll tell you I find in Kunti, right. a driven character. Right. She's driven. Empowered. No. No. Driven meaning that she is constantly right. in a very forced. She wants to get way. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see what is it that she is sort of seeking. Right. She was married off to perhaps one of the most powerful kings in the subcontinent in the story, which is Pandu. And Pandu had conquered various kingdoms, right. and he was regarded as really fairly invincible. Right. as a king and uh, well-loved. Right. Gets married to him. Mm. And a girl gets married and full of dreams of, you know, and you're marrying a prince, you king, you're going to become a queen, right. you're going to become a queen mother. Right. 
you will conduct yourself with grace, you will have kids, they yeah. will be the rulers, you will bring them up. And so generally a certain fulfilling right. life uh, a person dreams of before she is to get married. What happens? You get married and you realize that the man can't perform. Okay, if you take the divine magical version, then it's a curse which is there on him. Right. If you take the more sort of uh, realistic version, then they say he was born impotent. Right. Okay, that he just couldn't do it because they say Pandu the pale. Right. Look at the disappointment that the person faces. Right. Terrible. Matlab, nothing, you, or everything crashes. <laughs> right. You know, you're a queen, but you can't be his wife. Right. Okay, right. you're a queen, but you can't be the queen mother. Okay, you have a husband, but you can't have a family. So, what are you looking forward to? Suddenly, right. you know, 80% of your dreams have collapsed. Right. And yet, she takes matters into her own hands. When they go to the forest, she is the one who takes the initiative and proposes to uh, right. Pandu hmm. that I have this, you know, boon right. that I can call upon the right. gods to right. actually impregnate me. Right. And he agrees right. with that. I mean, this whole uh, practice of Niyog right. was quite legitimate. In, in our society where with the consent of the husband, I mean, right. if, the, if the husband was not able to give someone yeah. a child, yeah. you could go there and the child would absolutely be the husband's and accepted as, right. as his son and all. And so she goes ahead and she has those three wonderful right. kids. kids yeah. She takes it into her hands. She gives two boons to Madri. Madri then goes ahead with the Ashwini twins and she has uh, Nakul and Sahadev. And Kunti actually is in the forefront in the way in which the kids are brought up, you know, the, the knowledgeable people are called, scholars are called, other people come and train them in right. warcraft, in statecraft and brought up to be princes. Right. The whole idea being that now at some stage they will go back, they will claim their share of the kingdom, yeah, thrown, yeah. king will rule, uh, Pandu will rule, the kids will grow up and then they will take over and so that means she still is, that dream has come back. Right, yeah. Because she took the yeah. initiative to live and it she through had their the patience yeah. and the fortitude to wait for that Through much time until they were ready. When they are just about ready, <laughs> Pandu goes and dies. Right. And Madri is right. also sort of insists on committing suicide uh -huh. because of the sense of guilt that she feel, feels. Everything comes crashing down. Right. You are a widow. You don't have a husband, you don't have a king. Your power of bargaining, your negotiation leverage has come down to damn near yeah. zero. Yeah. And you have these five kids. Right. And you have one driven aim. My sons should get their right. right. She comes back, she brings them back. She will not give up. She remains like a, not a mother hen, but like a mother hawk over <laughs> them. She is effectively the leader yeah. of the five Pandavas. They look up to her. She occupies the role of the leader, of the patriarch, and the mother in every. It's a marvelously tall, statured woman who holds these five together and she also that. knows that if their unity cracks even an iota, we stand an ice cream's chance in hell. Right. There is no way in which they will yeah. get their right. And her main aim is, my sons are princes. Their father they was a king. Get, uh -huh. They should become kings. Right. They should. She never gives up. She continues to do that. They, she realizes that Bhim is in danger because Duryodhan poisons him and stuff and she makes sure she remonstrates with the elders. The elders have not taken cognizance. Duryodhan hatches an evil plan of burning them in the middle of the night as they sleep in right. the Lak Palace right. you know, in Varnavat. 
she understands that from vidur goes there makes a proper plan she is the one who makes the plan right has a tunnel dug and right. gets out of there remains in hiding knowing that they are vulnerable comes the swayamvar announcement of draupadi she sends arjun with a clear view that if you are able to win that bride then we have allies right. in the form of samdhis and right. if you have drupad as allies and his allies are your allies right. then you have the negotiation power yeah right he comes back and she realizes that draupadi was so striking so alluring right. so beautiful mm. so attractive and she must have been my right. god she was some woman that she insists that all the five brothers yeah because so there should be no right. envy no other no. than that the yeah. unity wouldn't be there yeah. and the so kingdom wouldn't this is my interpretation right. the, the, the other interpretation yeah. is that you know she mistakenly says share it right right manner. yeah that is yeah. one popular belief yeah yeah i am going by this right. for now so she does that right. it's like a military decision that okay all five do that and arrangement is made and then when they are strong and she meets drupad and all that and then she brings them back right now even the kauravas know that these guys are not yeah. alone and vulnerable they have this large array right. let's not risk an armed conflict so dhritarashtra is forced to give them that right she makes sure that she guides her children to build a hugely fertile prosperous kingdom out of that barren right. ruins land, yeah. kind of prast which was given to them right. so, having done all that the rajasiva is performed she is presiding over uh, the the her children right happy that they're doing well finally achieved her thing after this huge Years, setback yeah. hmm. two setbacks managed to bounce back and yudhishthir goes and squanders it all <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine her frustration and her outrage like what have you done How dare you do this right. after all this? I mean, that I have also contributed to. Right. I I made sure you built she, she, it. Yeah. You destroyed it. Right. And yet she stays on for thirteen years. She stays on in that place, in which she stays with Vidur. Can you imagine the number of taunts she must be receiving? <laughs> exactly. Durej, like what have you done? <laughs> How dare you do this right. after all this? I mean, that I have also contributed to. Right. I I made sure you built she, it. She, yeah. You destroyed it. Right. and yet she stays on for 13 years she stays on in that place in which she stays with vidur can you imagine the number of taunts she must be receiving <laughs> exactly, from durodhan yeah. from her own son karn etc that i your kids have already screwed up and they've gone she because she is a living reminder right. that my sons will be back and they will demand their rights and they should get their rights so she remains there like a living reminder this is one extraordinary woman we are talking about it is and so on so i'm saying that when kunti i find that every time there was a setback and there were huge setbacks huge okay husband dies rock then uske baad durodhan tries to destroy them and they're completely alone like mendicants they're walking around in the jungle this this queen proud queen right. is forced to live that life and she bides her time in her mind clearly declaring to the world we will be back and they she brings them back all that and once again and once again and in the end also she sticks to she out of great compassion and perhaps a sense of guilt also because her son had killed all the right hundred sons hundreds of, of uh, dhritarashtra yeah, so she goes with them to the forest much right. as yudhishthir and arjun and bhim hmm. beg her that stay with us right. now you can you know live your old age in 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 comfort right yeah 
she insists on going with them. Right. Th this dimension was also there, and yeah. that I find the whole relationship between her and Gandhari also extremely complex. Right. Their kids are sworn to kill each other and do, and yet they yeah, manage yeah. to salvage their right. bond and yeah. their mutual. It's of, survived. You know, yeah, 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 affection for each other. So it's this. I'm saying when you dwell over any of the characters, any, you suddenly begin to realize that there are so many dimensions because the myth, the epic, the text of the epic doesn't speak of the, doesn't give you a psychological analysis of them. It's not a commentary. But through these various actions in this summary that I've given you of five minutes of Kunti, you begin to realize that there is a lot to her. Whereas you tend to relegate these women into the background, yeah, these were people who were also there. Right. It's not about being also there. They made it happen. Right, yeah. They were the reason you it happened. You take Kunti away, what, nothing would have happened. There right. is no, there are no Pandavas. There, nothing <laughs> right. would have happened. Nothing. They would have already died, you know, in, you know, <laughs> without any children and all. Right. She is the one who takes the initiative. Right. She, she, all this put together. Yeah. She changed history. So did she Draupadi. Did. So did Gandhari. You remember the time yeah, yeah. of the thing? Yeah. You know that it, it changes the course of history. Ganga, Satyavati, Amba. These are people who made the story Which happen. also, you know, brings me that in that time also, right, yeah. the female characters were so empowering and so uh, well written in that time too. Yeah, which much is against the common right. perception. The perception that we have is the patriarchal right. version right. which has been handed down to us true and that, to true children. That. Yeah, one should go back and see these characters. One should dwell on that right. and cut through the patriarchal right. prism and the color and the prejudice here. Right. And to see, to me, if, if I were to be allowed to make a sweeping statement, right. I would say the Mahabharat is essentially the story of its women. It is. You know, they are, these are the strong women. Yeah. Which you you just take out. the female characters out and to me, there are no epics anymore. So, it also, like you, of course, mentioned uh, that you are an atheist and which was one of my questions here. So, the two, two uh, perspectives at the very start we said were that one is very religious and one is like a story, right? So, my question is for the first uh, half of it is why are you agnostic? Uh, of course, that's… Not agnostic, atheist. Oh, sorry. Agnostic, agnostic is, is me. the person who agnostic says, is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that God may be there, may not be there, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, right. To me, no, I'm taking a clear position. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So why like why is it and you know? I don't know. I mean to me, I mean my yeah. question in fact to the believers would be why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, to me it seemed like the see, I'll tell you Which also seems to me the more you understand the mythological uh, epics or any scriptures for that matter of fact is the more you understand the yeah so yeah. i sagar i mean i believe in right. in human struggle right i i believe in kindness in right. compassion i understand disappointment pain frustration right i try to see goodness in people so all those things which maybe religion exhorts you to do it says that deep down all of us are one it, it says, find the God in yourself. For me, the definition of God is the ideal. Right. So the ideal doesn't have to be outside. Right. It is, it is within. Seek yeah, exactly. To, to be religious would mean to seek the right. ideal within yourself. Right, exactly. So, and they say the God is also in you and really the devil also is in you. Khuda and shaitan dono hi tumme hai. Bhagawan or you know, shaitan dono hi tumme hai. Right. So, I'm also saying that I'm saying that. 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 I'm saying
it or him or her as some you know external force which is there whether you call it energy you call it whatever which is there whether no i feel the cosmos is driven by nature yeah. okay and that is fine i mean i find a lot of natural energy and which is out of evolution which i believe in which has it has taken like thousands and thousands and millions so and fierce, millions yeah. of years for it to be what it is it right is now, right now. so it's a doing of that it wasn't sort of made by some divine force in one day it allowed things to right. happen so all that i i understand i mean i i i i understand pain you know i so so what is it i mean i don't disagree right. with the kind of values that brings uh, to us yeah, yeah that spiritual people or religious people maybe Spread, talking yeah. about i'm very happy to have a dialogue yeah. with them and i do and i feel very privileged right if i encounter somebody who's a believer and a scholar because right. there's a lot that perhaps we can you exchange can learn, yeah, yeah and Definitely, i can learn certainly yeah. but without even accounting for this i mean if without accounting for the presence of god in these two epics an atheist like me okay and i'm a muslim so it's not even that the epics belong to a particular community or that they are all to do with hinduism or right. hindu religion they nothing to do right. with that okay they were to do with the kind of culture which sort of it emerged from and i absolutely belong to that so i may be a muslim i may be an atheist it doesn't matter matter right i am a deep 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 uh, as i said lover of of, 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 yeah, of nature of and mythology yeah. and you know and so so there you go i mean why do i have to believe in god <laughs> you definitely don't have yeah, to then <laughs> no it was just a question because uh, in the uh, podcast of mythology uh. some might be looking for that perspective and that is why i wanted to include that too mm. on how uh, mm. knowing mythology how uh. religion has has it got into the picture or not oh, oh. that is why the question was there uh, we went over what is your favorite mythological character now we i want for you as a teacher right you are a, you started the formal education in screen writing in this country mm. i would like you to you know if someone has a story in their mind mm. and wants to write wants to make a script out of it mm. i i'd want you to tell them what the next steps should be how should one improve their writing how should one write it should one get a formal education what should be the next step if someone is willing to get into career as a screen writer or just to become a screen screenplay writer see first and foremost i'm going to draw in fact <laughs> from one of the uh, constructs that we right. spoke about right. in mythology and that was identity right. i spoke about identity i spoke about persona exactly yeah if you believe that you are a writer right. you want to write right. then in which case i think you have to be led by the identity of a writer what does yeah. a writer do a writer writes right. what is the meaning of writing writing means that you are expressing your feelings yeah. your thoughts your imagination your fantasies in the form of a Uh, 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 Spread, narrative yeah. expression correct storytelling what is the storytelling uh, medium that we are into cinema cinema right. cinema owing to its technology and owing to its form has a certain format called the screenplay so you have to express your stories uh, you know and your feelings and all those things which are coming in in the form of a screenplay what is a screenplay it is important to learn this to understand what is a screenplay that little bit of basic knowledge becomes essential otherwise one won't know how to write i mean you will start writing scenes which go on for like 89 pages and you won't even know okay where it will end up as a screenplay so the screenplay has a certain finite form you also need to know that when you are writing 
you have to be aware that whatever is coming on paper is finally going to be translated as images right. and sound on the screen. Right. So you need to understand that and keep that restriction in mind. It is a restrictive field, right. which is why it's important that when you also need to know that when you are writing, you have to be aware that whatever is coming on paper is finally going to be translated as images right. and sound on the screen. Right. So you need to understand that and keep that restriction in mind. It is a restrictive field, right. which is why it's important that when, as you write, you see it playing on the happening, screen. Happening, right. Yeah. It has to. So you have to be able to imagine that. Okay. There are a lot of internal thoughts that the character might have, a lot of deep memories, feelings, regrets, etc. that the person may have. But if you are not able to conceive of how they will come onto the screen, then those feelings become inaccessible, right. so they are useless. You know. So one is this basic things you need to understand. There are certain basic things like structure becomes important in the way in which you tell the story. Scenes are finite, they have to, there is a certain design, there is a certain kind of structure within those scenes also. Dialogue is written in a particular way. So I do feel that your creativity is your own. It stems from your original personality. It stems from right. your urge to express yourself. And exactly. that cannot be taught. That cannot be learnt. It right. is there within ah. you. However, this knowledge about what is a screenplay and what is the broad process of the writing, craft of, the craft of it, yeah, this has to be learned. Learned. It can be learned. Once you learn it, it can be learned by the best way of learning, according to me, is not even books. Right. The best it's way of watching. learning is yeah. exactly that you take, make a list of some 10, 12 films, right. which this is how I learned. At right, that time, exactly. There were no books. Nothing. Right. My senior friend, uh, Vinay Shukla, who I am ever grateful to for this piece of advice, that's right. the only piece of advice I have received in my writing career, he said, make a list of films that you right. like, watch them and transcribe the entire screenplay right. and study that screenplay and you will learn. Wow, it that, is very, a, very enriching. Idea, yeah. yeah. So that I would suggest that pay attention to right, the craft, right. take it seriously, treat it like a subject which has to be learned so that your creativity can easily find its outlet within this medium without you having to wonder about you know what the what what the limitations of the craft right. are. Once this is done, you need to write. You need to also know that Screenwriting demands a lot of patience and a lot of effort, hard work. You have it to does. learn to write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite because it's through the rewriting that the layers of the screenplay get unpeeled yeah, refined, so yeah. that the deeper things are revealed right. and some amount of distillation takes place. Right. Once that is done, once you're confident, according to me, you should have at least two screenplays. When I say screenplay, right. I mean full script Right. in the bag. Oh, okay. With five stories which you believe can be converted into screenplays, oh. five stories. Okay. Have this with you because number one, it will confirm to you that indeed maybe you can write. Right. And number two, it will actually prove your worth in the market outside. When you right. go, you can't just shake your hands and go, I want to write, give right. me you know, an assignment. There will right. be one kick instead right. you know, on your backside. You need to be able to show because work gets work. Right. So those things become your calling cards. Even if they don't like that script, they might like the fact that you have written that and exactly. that you write in a particular yeah. way and that you write well, in which case it will become your business card. It will get right. you work. Right. And this is how you need to go. Right. Apart from that, you need to be a little conscious about what your rights are. You need to understand right. a little bit of the responsibilities and the legal 
whatever right. aspects Which of the contract. Which also where I'd like to introduce Screenwriting Association that you yes, are a part yes, of. Yes, I'd like yes. you to talk about that also yes, and how yes, yes, people of course. can. Yeah. The Screenwriters Association is actually the trade union of right. screenwriters here. We have about 30,000 members. Is it uh, for the based whole? in Bombay. No. Okay. There are uh, five associations right, right now in Bombay. One is for Tamil, one is for Telugu, one is for Malayalam, one is for Bengali. Right. All the others right. are, seem to fall under our right. view because right. Bombay was the screen, I mean, all the filmmaking capital right. of, of India. Yeah. As a result of which, uh, yes, of course, I would recommend that you become a member of the Screenwriters right. Association whereby you can register your scripts, right. you can also get some protection in terms right. of you can get copyrights and your, stuff like right. that. You, not copyright really speaking right. because copyright is a legal thing. Right. But what you can do is that the, there is a dispute settlement committee which will right. which will investigate and entertain your complaint. Right. If you so once you have an idea, once you have an idea, you register it with screenwriting well, association. Technically, Sagar, ideas you don't register. Right. So once a, you have a, a story, yeah. yeah. Once you have a story, you must register it. Then, as you develop it, every right. version, I would suggest you register Updated, it. Updated, yeah. These days, online registration right. is also possible. Plus, the Screenwriters Association has a whole host of initiatives right. which are designed for screenwriters to right. help screenwriters. You know, including workshops, conferences, right. fellowships we have. We also um, sort of, there is there are a lot of other um, forums and events that we organize by which young writers can come, right. they can learn, learn, learn they right. can interact with them and belong to a fraternity. So that, that all that community feeling right. we have engendered and I think there it, is, it, is, yeah. Yeah, it is useful for Which me. I would also recommend. So there are some videos out on YouTube. I link them down in the description, which Anjum sir has uh, done, I think in the Ahmedabad uh, Lit Fest or something like that. Yeah, so there's a two hour video, which sir is teaching about screenwriting. Which I think you like one should really watch. It oh, is, it's there? yeah, it is like there. So uh, yeah, oh, when I, I was going that. through my research, I saw it. There's a two-hour really? video of you. Really? Yeah, teaching in the Ahmedabad Lit Fest huh? on how to write. Gujarat Lit Fest. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it is so informative. So one should watch that. Also, if you have a story ready, get it registered with these guys, and they'll yeah. take care of the rest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was broadly about this podcast. Uh, okay. So, first of all, thank you, thank you very no, much no, for no. being here, sir. And it's a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, I've requested Anjum, sir, to make out a list of video, uh, of movies, of Indian cinema as well as Western cinema, which we will be linking down again in the description, uh, which you can go through and learn uh, and, you know, refine your craft. Thank you. It's my Not pleasure at all, to have you. As yes, was uh, quite obvious, <laughs> I enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Yeah, it's and, lovely uh, having you. Yeah. Thank you. If you like the video, uh, share it with your friends. Drop us a like. Tell us what you think about the video in the comment section. Press the subscribe button and press the notification button. That's all for today. Let's end it the way we do. Uh, that's that's all for today. Let's end it the way we do. Stay healthy, stay awesome, do some awesome stuff. Remember that you're one of your kind. Live a kick-ass life. And on that note, farewell mates. Thank and you. After you do all of that, <laughs> sit down and write. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure having yeah. oh,